Welcome back to the Birth You Breathe, the podcast. Now, this week's episode is an important one. I mean, they're all important, but this week we're going to be speaking about something that I think impacts all of us at some point in our lives, but particularly in that pregnancy and postnatal period. And even more so if you've had a difficult experience somewhere along the line, but I genuinely think that it is something that affects most new mothers at some point. The severity varies. Now, I'm going to put a trigger warning here, simply because I might give examples of something that perhaps feels a little bit too close to home. The trigger warning is for choice. You get to engage or not engage. If you choose to not engage, come back next week. But the choice is yours. So here's your trigger warning. Now, I am going to start the episode, though, as I always do, with a snack. Now, this week, my friend came from Cornwall and she bought me a gift. Now, I'm supposed to be being good, do you know what I mean? Well, not good. Like I say being good, like the opposite is being bad when the opposite is filled with joy, sugar-coated joy. But I'm trying to not eat or not, like, snack and indulge too much. But in the spirit of kindness, <laughs> the things I do for you all, I will be tasting something rather delicious that came in a beautiful box with like peacocks and like beautiful birds. And these are M&S Belgian chocolate luxury biscuits. Crisp biscuits with hazelnut praline or salted caramel smothered in Belgian milk chocolate. Now, if you know me, you know that I think salted caramel is the biggest, most shameful fad that came about. I don't understand because it was never broke. So why did you have to go and add salt like it's a thing? It could have even been a treat, but then suddenly everything was salted caramel. Oh, salted caramel ice cream, salted caramel chocolate, salted caramel sweets, salted caramel coffee. No, no, it is unnecessary. So I will not be eating the salted caramel one, but I will be trying the hazelnut praline. So let's give it a go. Okay. My kitchen is like a, a greenhouse. So they're a little bit melted, but you know, it's fine. I know that no other hands have been on them except basically my own. <laughs> so they're like tiny little squares. They've got a little praline around them, some milk chocolate. Let's see. What the hell? Imagine, yeah? Imagine spending so much time on these adjectives for this to be the most basic biscuit. Wow. Marks and Spencer's did a number on us for this one. It's fine. It's just fine. I think I haven't got to the middle yet. Oh, there we go. Oh, Lord. It's like a creamy, praline middle. No. Nah. And they taste slightly stale. Anyway, what did I give it out of 10? What am I giving it out of 10? 4.5. 4.5. I take biscuits and chocolate seriously. If you're going to be telling me decadent hazelnut praline and, you know, like, I want decadence, you know, I want indulgence, I want luxury, honey, honey, honey. I feel like I could find this in the standard biscuit aisle. So, 4.5, buy at your own risk, your own money, because we all know that M&S is expensive and this is a cost of living crisis. So, this week's episode is about intrusive thoughts. This week's question says, the intrusive thoughts are getting so bad that I'm actually scared to be left alone with my child. I keep trying to tell myself that I wouldn't harm her, but the little voice only seems to be getting louder, and 
and I don't know what to do. Now, intrusive thoughts are something that I believe impact the majority of mothers and new parents. They vary in severity and in frequency, but actually they stem from anxiety and perhaps OCD. Now, when I first started guessing intrusive thoughts, I was absolutely floored by them. I couldn't believe how they felt like they weren't from me. I couldn't believe the things that were coming up from them could come from my brain because sometimes they were violent. They were violent and I was like, no, but you would never. So the first thing to remember about intrusive thoughts are that thoughts aren't actions. You haven't done it. It's not to say that you are going to do it. Don't concern yourself with like, is this about my character? It's not. Intrusive thoughts can be, like I said, violent. They can be worrying. They can be scary. They can be of a sexual nature. They can be something that feels so vastly foreign to you that it can floor you. Now, sometimes when intrusive thoughts come, they can be as like a bit of a form of risk assessment. I genuinely think that they can be. When you walk into a space, perhaps your intrusive thought is, my child, I could drop them down the stairs, something like that, right? That's quite a familiar one, which is why I put the trigger warning though, because some people may not want to hear this. I could drop my child, right? But that means you walk into a space and you'll look, where can I drop them? Where can I drop them? Is this safe? Could I drop my child out the window? Well, I'm going to check that the windows are closed. Could I lose them in a supermarket? Well, I'm just going to keep them close, you know? All these things, risk assessments that we're doing, and that perhaps is why the intrusive thought is coming up. However, sometimes they can get more severe. They can be so intense. They can become obsessive. And this is where they can be quite problematic. It's not to say that you won't recover from them. You can definitely recover from them. And you can definitely find ways in which you can cope with them presenting themselves and how you bring yourself down from them. So grounding techniques and things like that. Some people feel that they need things like CBT in order to figure out ways to work through these intrusive thoughts. So if you're having intrusive thoughts and they're getting to the point where they are creating obsessive compulsive behaviours that you can't stop, like manically checking the windows five times every time you leave the house or every time you leave a room and you have to go back and do it again. If this is becoming something that you are doing over and over and over again, perhaps it is necessary that you speak to someone. If it is something that is coming up for you, but you feel that you can bring yourself back down from them, then that's okay. You take the thought, you let it come, you let it go. My biggest tip with intrusive thoughts, if we are finding that they're not obsessive, but they are disruptive, is that you say, let it come, let it go. Now, a lot of the time, because the thought can be so vicious, we can say, oh, I don't, just don't, just don't, don't think about it. Don't, don't, you know, move on, move on. But actually, when you do that, it's like they double down and they come back harder. And so it's like, nope, let it come, acknowledge its presence and let it go. I like to tell myself exactly what I said to you at the beginning. If I get an intrusive thought, what's it trying to tell me? Is it trying to tell me something? But also thoughts are not actions. And it's reassuring to me because I haven't done anything. And I keep going. I remember when I first became a parent and, you know, it's one of those things again that is kept so hush-hush. I had this intrusive thought and I would see my child at the bottom of the stairs 
and it would be because I dropped her. Over and over and over again, I'd get this, but not obsessively, but it would just come. I'm like minding my own business, just about to drift off, and boom, there it is. And she was about three weeks old, and I was walking down the stairs, and I fell. I had her in my arms, and I fell down the stairs. And my first thing was I took her and I held her close. I remember hitting my elbow really hard. But other than that, I was like, I've got her. She's okay. She's not on the floor. She's not at the bottom. But it was like that intrusive thought was becoming a reality. From that day on, I've never walked up the stairs in the same way. Like, I'm like, oh, walk up, walk down, be careful. That's what it told me. I had the tools and the mental capacity at that time for it to not become an obsession, for it to not become an anxiety. But if that's what it is doing for you, my advice is to seek some help and support with it so that you're not alone in it. And you don't necessarily have to confess your deepest, darkest secrets. That's not what this is about. But it is just about understanding when it rises, what are you going to do about it? What do you need to manage it? How can you bring yourself down? So in summary, your intrusive thoughts are thoughts and not actions. Your intrusive thoughts can vary from frequency and severity, violence or obsession. If you are finding that they are becoming too much, they're all consuming, they're creating anxious or obsessive behaviours, do seek help and it will be okay. You can get help for them. Lastly, if you have the capacity to check in with what they're telling you and perhaps it's saying, oh, just check this out, do this, do the other, then do that too. If you can share them with someone and it can feel like it can help you get it out of your head and into the world and you can feel held in that, then do that. If you can't do it with a friend or a family member, do it with a medical professional who can give you the tools to go forward and live your best intrusive thought managed life. So you're not alone. Many, many, many of us will suffer through this and many of us will find ways to cope with it with support or without it. But it is something to be taken seriously. Don't undermine yourself, don't laugh, don't ridicule yourself. This is a big deal. It feels big, then it is big. And escalate it accordingly. See you next week. Thank you for listening to The Birthday Brief, the podcast. If you're finding that you're enjoying this podcast, it would mean the absolute world if you could rate and review it, share it with your friends, share it with your family, share it with everyone, just share it. Like, we know that a share goes a long way. And I would love for more people to engage in conversations that we're having about the things that aren't spoken about. If you have a question, please do send it to my producer, Hannah. Now, this means that I won't see it. It will remain anonymous. I don't know who you are, but it just means that you can get the things heard that you want to be heard. It would be my absolute pleasure to be able to support you and for you to feel seen and supported in whatever your worries and woes are. So if you have any questions, send them to question at thebirthdebrief.com.